rebuilding job. Energy. You know, glad to see you. Hello. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. It's a two-man weave today. I'm joined by Todd, the Todd father himself, at TC underscore Kasho. You can follow me at Asetka. Follow us at Tottenham Depot. Uh, first ask, Todd, how are you holding up after that 3-0 defeat today? Uh, any day that you get to talk about um, <clears throat> two people being a weave is a good day. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, I didn't either. I just made it up. <laughs> no, man, it's... Uh... I'm grumpy. It was a disappointing. Yeah. It's a, it was a disappointing defeat. Um, and you know it's funny. You called out in the group chat when when that Conte goal went in. It was just kind of like or not. And yeah. I mean, at that point in time, you could tell the wheels fell off a little bit. But yeah. um, tough one to take for the first 45 minutes of that match. I was having a really good Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It was it was bound to be a good one, and then it did not uh, did not break that way. Uh, Tottenham lose three nil to Chelsea. Uh, tough day all around. Um, of course, a, a tough day even even before the match. We uh, we wanted to to start off the podcast today and and take a minute minute to talk about uh, the death of of Jimmy Greaves. Um, you know, yeah. sad day all around. Um, you know, not only a former Tottenham player, former Chelsea player as well. The former England striker passed away this morning at the age of eighty one. Uh, was a part of that you know, famous uh, world cup winning squad in uh, 1966 for, for England. And, um, you know, just tough, tough to deal with, um, tough, tough news to get before for, I know this is mainly, you know, you know, you and I are, are are too young to have really seen Jimmy Greaves play. Obviously we've seen the highlights and the videos and everything. Um, but a tough day for, for everyone is part of the, part of the Tottenham Hotspur family and, and that got to see him play, especially over in England. Right. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about Jimmy Greaves is, is especially for American fans that came to Tottenham a little bit later, um, it's kind of hard to think about who he was and, and what he meant uh, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, to kind of, for our U.S.-based listeners, um, Jimmy Greaves in a lot of ways was, was Frank Gifford uh, of, of Monday Night Football fame, American football, obviously, but uh, a guy that, that won championships with the New York Giants back before, you know, television was in color and was clearly ahead of his time. But for a lot of folks, was, was more well-known for his work in broadcasting after his playing career than he ever was for his accolades on the field. And Jimmy Greaves was very similar, and you know, in that regard, kind of had almost kind of in, in a predecessor to like uh oh gosh what do they call it like match of the day now but more on like the right. uh, kind of the hokey end of things where there were bits and stuff like jimmy greaves did a lot of things um that endeared him to fans far and beyond uh the amount of goals they found uh in the back of the net in in, in lily white um, he was also a guy that uh, before he actually came to Tottenham, and it was a contentious spell, but he won a Serie A in, in Italy as well with AC Milan. So, I mean, this is a guy that uh, very much like Harry Kane was yeoman about his work, but 
absolute precision. That was the thing about Jimmy Greaves is that if you watch the old film, it, he, it really was. It, I, I mean, for, again, for, for the American fan, it was like watching Jim Brown film. It was like, and it just men against boys in the, in the way that he was cutting through defenses. So, uh, so yeah, sad day for the Tottenham Hotspur family. Uh, I know that Harry and Jimmy actually had a really, uh, you know, yeah. a, a really strong relationship there, especially towards the end. Um, so uh, condolences to everyone in, in the club and Jimmy's family, of course. The, the Frank Gifford comparison is an interesting one because you're right. He, he did come to fame kind of after his career for, for broadcasting, but also, you know, I think Frank Gifford for those who, who, who know Frank Gifford's name was a really damn good football player as well. And, and probably a little underrated in his day. And I think that's, I think that's kind of the point you're trying to make. Jimmy Greaves was a yeah. damn good footballer and probably should have been recognized, you know, and, and I think he was in later years, obviously. Sure. Um, but, but, but in, in his time was probably not looked at even as, as quite the great footballer that he was. Um, and, and he really was, you know, helped, helped Tottenham lift a, an FA cup. And, um, you know, it was just a, a big part of, of this club and, and he will be missed. Um, no easy way to kind of transition from talking about, you know, the, the life and, and death of, of Jimmy Greaves to talking about this this football match, which. Um, oh, two, and that'll be a home run by Castellanos. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of uh, that's yeah. kind of the way it goes. Um, let's let's start by talking about the, the team selection, because obviously, I was actually you know, encouraged. Yeah, we we came into this match kind of not knowing really what to expect. We had injury questions galore. We had questions about players coming back from quarantine galore. Um, And we saw two players who had big injury woes coming in and two players who were obviously, um, you know, in quarantine up until yesterday. All four of them come into the lineup in Romero and La Celso, who were both away with Argentina, and Dyer and Son, who both went down. Uh, last week with injuries uh, actually son even before that son hadn't played um coming back from the international break um and dyer picked up the injury last week against palace so you know you we they were missing uh both lucas and uh, bergvine who picked up the injuries midweek uh in the european match but this was i think like you said a really encouraging starting 11 emerson romero dyer region on the, along the back Kind of a hodgepodge midfield again, but I like this midfield a lot, and we will get a we will talk a lot about this midfield of Hoybier, Lacelso, and Dombele, and Delhi, and then Sun and Kane up top. You could kind of you know parse that. I guess Delhi kind of playing a little more advanced as well at times uh, in in kind of that that more forward role, and that's something we'll talk about too. But you said you were you were encouraged by this lineup. I was as well. What what were your initial thoughts on it? Uh, initially coming out, I, I thought that this has the potential to, uh, at least with the players we have available right now, and obviously there were a couple of question marks there, but has the potential to be one of our, our strongest 11s that we have the ability to field, um, at least as you're looking at it on paper, right? Um, I wanted I wanted more. I Actually, I wanted Tongi and Delhi to flip-flop, but that was just me. Um, but I thought... Uh, I was very interested to see at least initially what the, the Dyer Cudi Romero partnership would look like. Um, and, uh, you know, other than that, I just thought like it, it really remained to be seen. I was surprised to be Suns. I was in, surprised to see Suns inclusion. I didn't think he was going to be ready for this match. And clearly to be fair, he wasn't. Yeah. I didn't think Sun or Dyer would be ready for this match, nor did I think that he would go right into starting both, 
you know, both the play, both the Argentinian players in Romero and Lacelso, um, I thought he would maybe start one of them, not the other. Uh, I thought we would maybe get a, another look at Joe Rodon. Um, I thought we would see a skip Hoybier pairing once again, but I, I too was encouraged because, and this is kind of what we spoke about a little bit after Palace with the three defensive midfielders. This is more, this is more attacking. This is more ball control and more have possession of the ball and get and move it forward and, you know, press even a little bit. You've got Delhi in there to press. And, you know, I didn't take note of, of what it, what the possession looked like in the first half, but it felt like we had a lot more of the ball. Now we in the first finished, half. Yeah. Yeah. We finished with less of the ball. We finished with 47% possession in the first half. I think that that was tilted in Tottenham Hotspur's favor. It was, we got bullied in the second half. And I mean, we'll obviously come on to that, but we, we, we just, we got punked. And that's, that's something we'll obviously come to as well. Let's talk about this back line first and foremost. Sure. So Emerson, I thought actually played better than he did last week against Palace. Emerson had the best game on the back line. Yeah. Romero, I was nervous about, very nervous about coming back from, from the quarantine. And and we know his, um, I guess his penchant to be aggressive on the, you know, on that back line. I actually thought he had a fairly good game. Um, and then Dyer and Reggie on kind of the, the steady eddies on the left side. What did you make of just the back line as a whole? Because for as bad as the scoreline looked and as weird as the second half went, I actually thought this back line played pretty damn well. The back line actually, I, look, the two goals, and we're going to come on to them, obviously. The two goals from the, from the set pieces, uh, both of those are on Delhi. Um, yeah. So if you look at that, that, you can't put that on the back line. Um, the other, uh, had a chance from a set piece that they had on 74 minutes that Tiago said that Hugo made a worldly save on. That was Delhi's man getting lost again. So like, if you look at that, you can't put it on those back four. I thought that I was also nervous about Romero. Um, I thought that Dyer's pension to stay home and Romero's pension to go up actually worked very well. Emerson being a more conservative and defensive right back slotted in very well behind and helped to, um, allow the type of cover that Romero is going to need in order to play his game effectively. I actually thought he had a very solid game. Um, I thought that the pairing with him and Dyer just in general, Dyer had a really nice clearance off the line. Cootie was directly to his right. And so it was something where they, Dyer's leadership, strength, and vocal um, discipline, I think, which is a weird thing for me to say with Eric Dyer, but right. vocal discipline that he helped show the younger guys on that back line um, was really impactful. Uh, did we still lose 3 0? Yes. So, I mean, call what you want to call. Yeah. I mean, it, the result is the result. We can't change that, but. It is weird. I mean, everybody's going to point to this was a tale of, of two different halves and, and Nuno said it and, you know, everyone said it after the match. It's not it doesn't take hardcore analysis to look at this, <laughs> ma- this, this match as just a tale of two different halves. Um, but it's not like Spurs won the first half either. And part of that is let's skip over the midfield really quick and just go to go to the attack. We'll get back to the midfield. What attack? Because there was attack yeah. on the field. I thought exactly. we weren't playing nine. Exactly. That's and that's kind of the point. I think for as much as for as well as Spurs played in the first half, and again, we're just going to speak to the first half for right now. There still wasn't that bite from the attack that was that was needed. Um, there was a lot of promise out of it. There was, you know, potential because the ball was being filtered through a, a midfield that wanted to move the ball forward. But Son and Kane 
didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Um, it they didn't really seem. I won't say they didn't seem present. I mean, like you mentioned, Sun was obviously not ready to come back from from the injury. That was, you know, and, and we never shot in the first half, Andrew. I don't know, like when your striker doesn't have a shot in the first half, like what what are we even talking about? Like that's yeah, that's the thing that's really tough for me. Is it doesn't matter. Like it's it, it's like having these race cars in your garage and like you're you're not driving them, or when you do, you just putt around the golf course or something. Like it just doesn't work. Well, this is two straight Premier League matches now we've seen from Kane that are, you know, that are a real struggle. And I guess, you know, when you look back to last week when he didn't even have a touch in the box, um, it's just, I I don't know. When you, when you look back at that at that performance from last week and you pair it with this one, questions, I guess, are going to be start to be asked. I think we can put Sun son's performance kind of to the side because he was coming off of an injury but when you look at kane's performance i guess there's just going to start to be questions asked about why is harry kane struggling so bad he doesn't have a goal in the premier league this season uh it's granted it's only what been five matches but harry kane has a better goal scoring record than that so you would expect there to be a little bit more substance on on the end of that right um yes and no uh, here's the thing. He's not being put in goal scoring positions. If you don't have your striker getting touches in the box, he's not going like, even if you're Harry Kane, he's dropping right. deep again, again, which is, is fine. But I think that we're not seeing the type of overlap play that's going to allow him to get back into the box. And we're not seeing the type of service coming in. Like even that, that ball in from Reggie on today, just, I mean, hopelessly crossed yeah. on a strong foot hopelessly crossed into Rudiger. Like there was no possible way that that was going to find the back of the net. The other thing is that chance that's where Sun was off sides, the play there is square to Kane for the wide open, for the wide open goal. So, I mean, right. you, like, regardless, he was off sides. It doesn't matter. But like, like you look at that and you go, well, if the goal scoring opportunities are presenting themselves, like you can't expect Harry Kane, who's getting no chances in halves of football. You, like, do let me ask you this question, Andrew. Do you think that that's a lack of effort or want to, or a lack of skill or ability when given presented with the opportunity by Harry Kane, or do you think he's not getting the chance to do what he does? Well, I think that's kind of the question I was trying to ask to you, but I didn't do it well enough. I, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that this is a lack of will or effort thing. Um, but I think those questions are going to start to be asked, I guess, is, is, is ah, what I'm trying to make. Lazy. That's Yeah, that's because people, well, it's not just journalists. I think it's fans are going to start to ask that because of everything that happened um, in, in the offseason. And if Harry Kane, listen, if Harry Kane struggles to score goals and, and create goals this season, there will be like repercussions for that. There will be, there will be, and the, the repercussions will come in a lack of results more than anything. So- what do we want to do? Do we need to do a bet on this show? Because it's just the two of us, so we have to have a little bit more bravado. Do I need to, like, I'll tell you what. Um, if Harry Kane doesn't score X amount of goals, I'll shave my head or you shave your beard. <laughs> well, what's the, I mean, I guess the, the question would be, wh- where are you sitting? Like, do you think he's going to come <laughs> He says, what kind of odds am I getting, folks? No, I know. My question is, <laughs> where where do you sit on this? Do you think that he's going to come alive? Because of I course, think- it's fucking Harry Kane. The guy falls out of bed and puts the ball in the fucking net. Like, the, hmm. even in seasons get- with a Jose Mourinho team, where we won scrappy 1-0 matches all year long, 
where we struggled to find an offensive identity for months on end. Harry Kane had the most goals and the most assists in the Premier League. Do I think Harry Kane is going to round into form? Yes. And presented with better opportunities, I think he's going to find the back of the net like he always does. Is is he going to get to... Is he going to get to 20 goals in the Premier Death League? Death taxes in Harry Kane scores 20 goals in the Premier League. He scored 23 last season. I know. But how many that assists in, did he have? How many assists did he have? With 14 assists. I mean, I mean if we're talking about goal 37 goal creations, like, you know. I'm, that's a lot know. of goal contributions. I don't I don't think he's sniffing that. I would I would actually at this point. I don't think point, there's four. I don't, I don't think that. I agree. I don't think that there are as many goal-scoring opportunities in this side for Harry Kane this year as there was last year. I'll say that. And you've got to remember, he didn't play He didn't play against City to open the season, so he's really only played in, what is it, the, the, the first three matches? Or is he played in three or four matches to this point? Mm, he's played in four matches, four. I believe it is. Four, but one was a half. I think he came on as a sub. Oh, that you're right. You're right. So he's started in three of the five matches. I, I just... If you're looking at another 33 matches for Harry Kane, and Lord knows that's not even a guarantee with his injury history, but I just I just don't see him getting anywhere close to 20 goals. I frankly I don't know that he's getting close to 15 goals. The way that the way that the way and 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 here's my justification. For I, saying I, that. The way that they have surrounded him, I don't know that he has that he's going to be able to get the service. You yourself have said this team does not have a Christian Eriksen and not that they did last year either, but they, they are still figuring it out in the midfield. And if, if Youngman's son and he are not linked up the way that they were last year, listen, part of the reason he had all those goals and assists last year is because he and son were both just on a heater for a third of the season. And then that slowed up. But for a while there, they were contributing on each other's goals nonstop. Buddy, there was a silly combination that they had going on last year. And I'm not saying that they're going to reclaim that. Okay, But what I'm also saying is is that there's no Vinny in this squad and there's no Gareth Bale in this squad, which means ultimately the the onus on – and Lucas is hurt until God knows when. And Stevie B is hurt. Not that he was scoring goals anyway. But – you know, and Delhi hasn't found his shooting boots since about 2019. And so we're all kind of sitting around going, all right. You know, poking kit like yep. Delhi has okay. more Premier League goals this season than Harry Kane, by the way. I know, and then we're like, okay, do something, right? We're poking him with the stick, like striker, yeah. strike. Like, what's the story? Now, granted, um, he does have two yellow cards, so he's got that going for him. Um, <laughs> look, man, this was my this was my issue though coming into this season, and this was my biggest worry about this club, to be perfectly honest, because I thought I really did think that the defense would be better. I thought as long as the manager played the right midfield, which he finally did today, oh, I thought the midfield. Would, I thought the midfield would be better, and we'll, we'll, we'll get onto what he did in the second half. Trust me, mother. But I, I was worried about the goal scoring, and I said this, and you can go back and listen to our, some of our preview previewing the season episodes. This team lost a lot of goal contribution when you look at, and you mentioned the names. There's no Vinicius. There's no Bale. You know, you cannot rely on Kane and Son to have the seasons that they did last year. There's always going to be that kind of regression. And it's not like Tottenham were winning a million games last year with all those goals, and that's partially on the defense. Now, if they have the defense but can't get the goals, 
we might have some of the same problems that that we that we ran into last season in terms of Premier League finish and cup runs and the like. I mean, maybe. But listen, um, there's a lot of maybes here. And yeah, there are. What, I'm, what, what I mean by that is <clears throat> there's only been two seasons since 2014 and 2015 where Harry Kane hasn't gotten 20 Premier League goals. Um, and he got 18 and he got 17, respectively. And both of those were in 29 matches or fewer. So if you're looking at that, yes, Andrew, on the downside of things, there's a chance that Harry Kane doesn't get 20 goals. Um, there's also a, a pretty good chance that we see regression from Sun because that was the best goal soaring output that he's ever had. And so, you know, mm-hmm. expecting a little bit of aggression to the mean, um, especially with some injuries, et cetera. Uh, yeah, uh, makes sense. Wouldn't it, wouldn't um, it kind of just fit the narrative, though, for 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 the goal scoring from Kane specifically to drop off and everyone to just point to? Well, of course it did because his eyes were turned. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. Wouldn't Which you, is frustrating, but well, that's narrative. We live in a, we live in we live in a derivative world, Andrew. Yes. And if people can can make a, an easy decision and point an easy finger, they're gonna do it because they're lazy. Um, the other thing I do want to point out here is that Nuno teams aren't goal scoring teams. True. There's a, there was a stat that came out this week that I'm going to butcher, so I'm not even going to attempt to tell you exactly what it was. But it was just talking about the amount of games that Nuno has coached in the Premier League where his team has failed to score in the first half. And it's a staggering number. It's like 75%. Yeah. Well, and and that's uh, uh, that's kind of what I was speaking to earlier about the flip from last season was what was Tottenham doing so well they- they were scoring early and then goals late. And now they like the scoring early has gone away. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it feels, I'm not trying to feel very doom and gloom about this. And I'm also not trying to say that Harry Kane is the reason that, that, that Spurs lost that match today and his lack of goal scoring or sons for that matter. But it certainly is becoming evident that the goal scoring, I mean, this team has scored three goals in the premier league all season. Right. Yeah. And, they, and, and those are the three games they won one nil. Um, they've now lost two and lost both of them three nil and everyone after three matches was pointing to a perfect goal scoring, you know, a perfect record, nine points, three goals, none allowed. And now all of a sudden it's six goals allowed and none scored in the last two. And it's like, well, wait a second. (laughs) Well, there's no Dyer and Sanchez in those last two. So you just call it what it is. Yeah, it's Dyer and Sanchez. There it is. That's what it is. is. That's exactly um, what it is. You know, Tang- Tanganga wasn't playing right back. So, I mean, you know, it's hard to say what we can't say. Um, <laughs> look, man. I, I did. I did. Point you, don't, to- you, you, you in a very, in a very Andrew fashion on our last pod pointed out the fact that, you know, two things about soccer. Uh, and, and, the, the <laughs> and one of those things is that if you want to win games, you have to score goals and we're not doing that. And so that makes it tough to, to, to do the former. So, I, I mean, I think it really boils down to that, man. Uh, the, the other thing that you can say here is just kind of changing gears for a brief moment. Um, is our set-piece defense, especially on corners, is fucking awful. Yeah. And now, that's not a Nuno problem, to be fair. Our set-piece defense on corners has been fucking terrible since I, since ever, to be fair, since ever. It's, we're just not good at defending corners. And um, so, I mean, this this group of players obviously is no stranger to giving up shit goals like that. But Tiago Silva just beat the brakes off of Delhi all day long in the box. Yeah. So yeah, how do you not switch off on that? How is that not an adjustment that you make? 
it's it's or or just tell Delhi, hey hey Delhi, those legs of yours, use them to jump up in the air because that's all he had to do. Especially yeah, but still, this old ass man, dude, he's old ass man, and he got punked. Yeah, they said punk Delhi thirty eight soon. Yes, that's like you or me posting up Delhi and finding finding the corner. It is actually it's me. You're you're still a young buck. Well, uh, I'm not that far <laughs> off. <laughs> anyway, no, man, you're... no, it's just, it's it's sad. It, it's the biggest thing that I've wanted out of like a Cudi Romero signing or like another center back signing was just to get a little bit more physical in the box because teams bully us, and clearly that hasn't happened yet. Well, we saw we saw it in open play, just not on yeah. the set pieces. I like I said, I I mean this. The, the second half onslaught came, but I thought that they that the, the back line and those center backs did kind of perform okay, other than when it you know turned to shit. I mean, the one goal was just a weird, you know, weird deflect, and then set pieces. I mean, like you're not gonna. There's a little bit of bad luck that goes into that, but listen, and this is kind of this is a point that I tried to make to our good friend Scott in the group chat earlier. You know, he was speaking about how far Spurs have fallen. And of course, they started on this run of three straight wins. Well, look back at those three wins. And Spurs were riding high heading into the first international break atop the league. Uh, three wins from three sitting on nine points. You got a very solid home victory against Manchester City, a game that no one would have expected you to win. But right. you, you know, you did enough to, to eke out a one nil victory in a game where City weren't really at their best either because they didn't have a full strength team coming off of the summer. And sure, you, you, you give Spurs credit for that, but you also say there's a little bit of, you know, luck involved in that as well. And then the next two matches that they win over Watford and Wolves come again because of you didn't really play that well against lesser opponents, but you got the edge on Nick and a goal. One of them on a penalty. I remember Delhi scoring the penalty. I think that was the Wolves match. And you know, so the, these are not, they were good wins. They weren't super impressive wins, right? That nobody was like, they weren't impressive away. at all. They, they, nobody was blown away by those, those, even, even the city victory. Like, yeah, we were all pumped and it was great. Spurs didn't beat the brakes off city by any stretch. So you got three wins and you're feeling good and riding high, but then all of a sudden you get smacked in the mouth two times, one of them by a team that, and 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 looks, listen. The, the Palace loss was kind of a little bit unlucky as well. You get the red card thing. You get the, the Palace injury. loss was ext- listen. The Palace loss was extremely unlucky. And another day that we don't lose that match. I, I think if I mm, there are so many different factors that went on in that match that, yeah. that led to it happening the way that it happened. I, but to be fair, as we are where we are, we're a little behind where I thought we were going to be at this this point in time. Um, I thought we were going to draw at City. I thought we would lose the Chelsea match. I thought we would win the rest of the way. And so the only thing that it, uh, through these first five games, that's what I thought when I looked at this schedule. Well, the only thing that didn't happen there uh, was we won at City and we took an L instead of a draw at Palace. I would have flip-flopped those anytime, any day. So we're a point behind where I thought we were going to be. And to, given the fact that we've got quarantine fucking nightmares coming back from international play. Son's hurt. Kane's not fit. Lucas is hurt. Stevie B's hurt. Everybody fucking mom is hurt. Like, I don't want to say that it's understandable, but it certainly is um, explainable. Yeah, it's it's explainable and it's still frustrating. I mean, like the Tanganga red card came into play, obviously. Like, all these things um, just add up to 
kind of what we it's weird it's what we ended up seeing today it may not have come in the way that we thought we would see it today and a lot of that has to do with how the game you know the, the 11 that was put out and the subs that were made we're going to get into those things and we'll do that right after this quick break it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. You can follow me at Astedka. You can follow Todd at TC underscore Kashow. Follow us at Tottenham depot todd we talked about the defense and the attack let's get into the midfield because when we saw this 11 come out today and this midfield come out today i don't know about you i was i think i actually might have used the word aroused in the group chat like (laughs) and and that's obviously facetious but like this had me excited and i was not coming into this day being excited to to take a what i would have expected to be a three nothing ass kicking by chelsea now that is what happened, but it's not, it didn't happen in the way that I thought it would because this midfield is exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, Hoiber, Lacelso, and Dombele, and Delhi. G- give me your thoughts on that, that quadrant of, of midfielders. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought that, uh, <laughs> hold on. I love, I love, I'm talking it up and you're like, it was fine. <laughs> I just, I want more from different players doing different things in that stretch. I don't, I've decided that um, I'm out on Giovanni Lo Celso. I think just that's where general? we are. I think, I think just he, he serves a purpose for this squad. Um, I'm just not a hundred percent sure what it is. I uh, and, with you actually. And so like, like I, and I'm not saying again, Nuno and the amount of football that he knows versus, you know, what I know and what he's forgotten, et cetera. But um, I'd rather have Ollie skip in that and allow Tongi to, to go a little bit forward and allow skip to fuck people up in, in the way that Gio was trying to do um, and play those little outlet balls and give Tongi a little bit more space to run at people because you know Skip is naturally going to be a little bit more defensive. But also, in the under-21s, he has the ability to move forward a little bit more for England. So it wouldn't shock me if he actually gains a little bit, you know, legs in that regard. Tongi is the key. Scott said this in the group chat. And he said, you know, that um, Tongi elevates our midfield by just a ridiculous amount. Yes. And it, and it truly, truly does. Tongi, when he's right, and clearly his legs were lost about 60 minutes, Um but when he's right, he's he's one of the best midfielders in the world. I'm going to say that. Stand on. I think that Lacelso's role is actually as the guy to come on after 60 to 70 minutes for Tongi. Because so, say that again. I I, I think Lacelso's role could be to come on for Tongi and Dombele after 60 or 70 minutes. Oh, I love it. And and mm-hmm. and you know play the rest of that out because I, it's not that they play like for like roles, but. What you would hopefully do in a perfect scenario is you would use Tangi for the first two thirds of the match, get yourself a two nil lead, and then bring Lacelso on to uh, Lacelso it up. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say fuck shit up, but like that's exactly I think the same thing that we just yeah. said. Yeah. Um, you bring him on to kind of be a a nuisance and you know time waste and everything, and 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 do those sorts of things. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to agree with you though on La Celso. I don't think La Celso had a very good game at all. And I don't know if that is coming point back to, from, from... Point to from, La Celso's last good game in Lily White. Whew. Um, I mean, I don't have it on in my memory bank. That's because that's it doesn't exist. Of, he yeah, has flashes. He has flashes. There's certain things that you can remember him doing where you're like, oh, cool, yeah. Like there's a, there's a goal here or there or assist here or there or like a, a defensive, you know, stop here or there, or some shithousery here or there. But like it's never anything where you're like, oh, oh, you remember that time that Gio did? Yeah. That's, and he and never. to your point, I kind of think that's why we are all very much like – you can point to Tangi and Dombele's last good game. I think it was today. Yeah, he had a great game today. I'm sorry. Like I think, I, and 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 part of my problem now here here here's where I have my problem with Ndombele. and this is still the the quote unquote mystery of Ndombele that I feel like we've been talking about for not weeks but months, maybe even years. Why can't this guy play more than sixty minutes? Because he has been in training for weeks months even i mean he hasn't really played it's not like there's a ton of fatigue on his legs. is he just never going to be a guy that can go 90 minutes because this is something literally that we talked about a year and a half ago when he was playing he was being subbed off you know this is back in the Mourinho days this is i mean even i think even going back to pochettino i mean he was not playing 90 minute matches is this just not something that's going to exist in his career Maybe maybe it could in france but not in the premier league well, I mean, it's a big difference playing in, in it, under the bright sure. lights of the Premier League. And that's why I bring versus it up. those farmers for sure. Like it, it's um, any opportunity that I, I I can to shit on the French League, I'm gonna. Um, I, that's why I gave it to you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, no, the, I mean, the, the, by and large, the mid the midfielders in, in 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 France would be shopkeepers in England, and so like you you appreciate the level that uh, that Tongi's playing at because he's still bossing people. But Nuno and his team are very very. Um, committed to letting the the kind of biometrics tell the story of what a player does and i can uh, respect and, that and it's clear same and it's clear to me that you have a, a fucking race car for 60 minutes and then you have a Datsun for 30 plus and they you know it's it's the law of diminishing returns for tongi and so you you you, you move him in this instance, I mean, I understand that it was a it was a like for like sub with Brian Heal is what they were looking for, um, and then you know you shove Skippy back a little bit as Lacelso goes off as well. But like, I don't know, man. When it comes to Tongi, I'd rather have sixty minutes of him being a world beater than ninety minutes of of not. Yeah, I, and and I guess I can get behind that as well, and I understand that. But that's I think you have to have that. Maybe it is that Lacelso piece to come off the bench to do similar things to what he can do in terms of ball progression and possession and connecting defense to attack. And those are the things that Ndombele does really well. Those are the things that Lacelso can do. He just does them in a different way. Today, let's speak specifically to today because this will bring me to an Oliver Skip point. I actually, when when Nuno made those subs and they came in the what was it the seventieth? No, the sixty second minute. Now, this was after Spurs had fallen down 2-0. Um, I thought, okay, you've got 30 minutes thereabouts. You can get two goals in 30 minutes if you're Tottenham Hotspur. If you don't, if you if you don't think you're Tottenham Hotspur and you can get two goals in 30 minutes at home against Chelsea, I don't even want you taking the field. I don't even want you on the pitch if you if you don't have that confidence that you can go out and get two goals. Right. 
why are you making a sub? Now the Lacelso for 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 Brian Heel sub, I completely agreed with because, like I said, I did not think that Lacelso was doing enough getting forward. I don't the, the skip for Ndombele thing to me was a concession. That was who a, else you gonna put on? I mean that is a problem. Don't get me wrong with with no, the absence with the absence of no problem. Yes, the, with the absence of Brian Heel and and Lucas Mora or excuse me, of uh, Bergvine and, and Lucas Mora, that is a problem. Don't get me wrong. But I felt like putting on Oliver Skip in that situation was conceding that we are, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to try and score many more goals in this game, if any. Look, man, this was Tongi's first Premier League action this season. Okay, you got 60 minutes of him playing like a fucking world beater. We're down two goals against Chelsea at home. Sonny is clearly not right. Kane is not right. I'm looking down the bench, and I yeah. go, fuck. Do I want to put Dane Scarlin on to get eaten up by fucking Rudiger and and, uh, and Tiago Silva and Christensen for the next 30 minutes? Or do I want Ollie Skip to come on and do some bits against Chelsea, which is exactly what he did? I'm probably going to go that route. Now – were they the bits that we needed to get done down 2-0 against Chelsea at home? No. They were the bits that Ollie Skip does every time that he comes on the field. But expecting him to be a Tongi and Dombele like for like sub to your point is not going to happen. Right. Um, however, if, like you said, or like I was trying to allude to, excuse me, formationally, you flipped Ollie to the Lo Celso role and threw Brian Heal in the Tongi role, that's a little bit of a different story altogether. In my opinion, well, but the, yeah, I, 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 but I think you still need Brian Heal getting. I think you need him playing on the opposite side of Sun and and running off of Kane dropping deep and doing those sorts of winger things rather than sticking him in the middle of the pitch where he's not. That's not really. I know we all want um, Brian Heal to be like a, a number ten, but I know, but he's he's not. just he's just not there yet. He's a winger and may never be. He's a winger, so like I just I don't know. That that those substitutions to me were were def, were defensive in nature. Whenever you're going to bring Oliver Skip on for Tangi and Dombele, that feels like a defensive move to me. I mean, I can't disagree with you because on paper it is who it is. But at the same point in time, given the situation of who's hurt and who's not, I think yeah. it was a, an able-bodied Premier League level midfielder for an able-bodied Premier League level midfielder. I guess I guess that's what I just have to concede to it. It, <laughs> it, it, it felt to me like, oh, really? So we're just not going to try and score these final these two goals in thirty minutes to try and nick a point in this match. We're just gonna. And honestly, no, no hold watching... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's look at the rest of the bench. <laughs> no, no, I... no, 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 no. You're, you're you, right. You're right. You drug me into these deep waters, good sir. We are we are going to look at it together because uh, these are the folks that came on today. Uh, Brian Heal, Oliver Skip, and Davidson Sanchez. These are the folks that remained on the bench today. Uh, keeper, Pierre Luigi Golini. Thank goodness we didn't need to see him today, or it could have been nine. Uh, right back, Matt Doherty. Uh, central defender, uh, Joe Rodon. Uh, everyone's favorite, Ben, Ben Davies. Number 44. Uh, shout out. Shout out Ben from Tennessee. Shout out from Ben from Tennessee. Uh, everyone's uh, <laughs> everyone's everyone's favorite 18-year-old attacker, uh, Dane Scarlet. Yeah. And then the, the, the other midfielder, Andrew, that I did um we, we haven't mentioned yet. I, I mean I just I I 
if you wanted, he could have looked over to the bench and said, you know what? I need to sub Tongi off. Let's bring on Harry Winks. Don't say, I said, don't say his name. And you said, his name. <laughs> honestly, I know this sounds so, stupid. I, look, I, your, your point is taken. And, and if this was an actual argument, you would have won it. It's not really an argument. It's more no, a, certainly not. <laughs> I feel, I feel bad that, that we didn't have the players that were necessary to try and go after uh, a game being the European champions. Know. Yeah, exactly. Um, in all honesty, given those choices, you're probably right. He probably did the right thing. The other option I would have honestly gone with, other than Oliver Skip, would have been Matt Hardy to to just stick him on the right side, kind of where Lacelsa was playing, and try and get him up the field a little bit more. But I agree that that's not really a solution. That's just a that's a lipstick on a pig type of situation. There, that's all that is. It's 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 duct tape to hold to get hold something together. Um, oh. Do you remember when we were talking last year, Andrew, and uh, we were just kind of maligning our defense and just saying, how do you, you know, it's hard to run this defense if you don't have the players to run this defense. And it's hard to this. It's hard to that. If you don't have the players, if you don't have the players. We went out and we signed some folks and, and we have players now. We, we we brought in a coaching staff that did some amazing things to the players that we have. And, and we feel really confident in that. Um, but the one thing that we haven't done for the last four years is sign it legitimately uh, a backup strike. Uh, sure. Somebody who we could d- depend upon to pull Kane off when you're going, fuck, Kane hasn't had a touch. Kane's had two touches in 70 minutes. Sit his ass. Somebody well, go run at this guy. We don't have that. We don't have that. And, and I- that's that's kind of the thing that I'm really looking at is that there is no shot in the arm. Even when you bring on a Lucas or a Stevie B, those aren't goals. Those are no. energy shots. Right. Like, we don't have – fuck, you want to know who it was? It was Lorente. It was Lorente. I felt good that we could put on Fernando Lamp post and he would do some silly business in the box and do some hold-up play and spring Kane or Erickson and he would find the net. We haven't even, had anybody. Even last year, it was a little bit Vinicius. I mean, not Listen, to the extent Vin, of Lorente. No, Vinny got bit. the goal he got, and a lot of them were less against lesser competition, but you could only score against the people that they played. Yeah, they were, a lot of it was Europa League stuff. But sure, still. but and I mean, I think he scored five against Marine or something. I don't know, whatever the fuck it was. It doesn't matter. Like, the thing is, is that you could depend on that guy to start in a Europa Conference League match, and he'd have two goals. This this goes back to the the eternal problem that that Spurs have had in in that whole backup striker conversation. It's how do you convince a, a legitimate player to come play the quote unquote backup role to Harry Kane, um, and why are you taking Harry Kane off the pitch? Now, the second question there, I actually don't think you have to take Harry Kane off the pitch. I think what you have to do is you have to bring on that Lorente Vinicius type. Now, first you have to convince them to sign with Spurs, which has obviously been the biggest problem. I mean, the people that thought that signing Danny Ings would, was just as easy as giving him money are, I'm sorry, that's not that's not how that works. Danny Ings gets to go to, to Aston Villa and he gets to play all the damn time and gets to rock out and score goals there and, you know, be really good for them because they're going to give him the opportunities. Spurs, were not going to give Danny Ings the opportunities, but late in matches, if you can bring someone like that on, all you do in that situation, Todd, and honestly, I truly believe this is you move Harry Kane back into more of a number 10 role and he becomes the quote unquote second striker number 10 guy to set things up and really hum. Well, no shit, because that's what we watched Harry Kane do all year last year. 
and he did it a lot and he did it and well he was amazing. It's, what we were, it's what we were talking about earlier in the pod is is the connection that he and son had um and but a lot of that was coming point. off of a lot of that was coming off of counterattacking motions and things like that mm-hmm. but still like when you're playing chelsea and you're down two nil or eventually three nil and you're getting your ass spanked and you're getting pinned in that's what you need of course you do you're you're absolutely right i think we're arguing we're, we're we're adjusting the same point here which is yeah. we don't have anyone that we can look to and i think we were all pretty hopeful in what dane scarlett had the ability to do but either he hasn't gotten the minutes or he hasn't gotten the confidence because he damn sure hasn't gotten the touches to score goals um, to make us feel confident that he has the ability to to be a viable option when we need goals off the bench. Uh, and that's really tough. So when you don't have a midfield that's going to score goals and you and you don't have a backup striker and you've got two of your forward players hurt, three of your forward players hurt, and the fourth is Harry Kane. Yeah, it's trouble. I I put in the group chat um, after the at, at halftime uh, that I I was asking you guys if it was hyperbole to say that that was the best half Spurs had played so far this season in any comp and I don't think it was hyperbole I thought it was the best half Spurs had played despite the the goalless result from it um, I, I thought that they really in the first not not only in the first five to ten minutes in the first twenty five to thirty minutes of that match really took it to Chelsea. They weren't there were three chances. There were three chances in there. They, they could have legitimately put away. I mean, they were, they had the, they had the majority of the ball. They were attacking. They were, you know, they were not intimidated whatsoever. And I felt really good about that. And a lot of that for me was because of the midfield. And it was also a little bit because of who Chelsea decided to put out there, because I don't think Chelsea had, I mean, obviously they had their, their backup keeper. They had, a few different options and look this is what chelsea have they have options galore it's not like who they had out there were a bunch of scrubs they have a really deep deep squad and part of that really really deep squad and this is what i thought changed the entire match and it's it's part of why thomas tuchel greater than nuno espirito santo Mm. i thought when ngolo conte came on at halftime everything changed and Spurs well, that's because N'Golo Conte is one of the best holding midfielders, if not the best holding midfielder right. in the whole fucking world. And, and when you have the ability to bring that guy on, who did he come on for? Jorginho? No, Mason Mount. He came uh, on yeah. from Mount. Yes. He came on for Mount. They scored three minutes later on the Silva header. Conte then himself scored on the weird deflection ball that Shit show. was, you know, and look, that's an unlucky thing. I saw, I saw some people on Twitter, uh, bashing hugo for that goal get out of here They're, like get out of here it was a weird deflection there's nothing you can do about it you're down to nothing in the blink of an eye i mean literally 12 minutes into the second half you're down to nothing and it was a change in the midfield for chelsea so for me there had to be a counter there and i don't care what the counter is at that point i don't care if it's the you know the subs that we talked about or not. i don't care if it's i mean at that point just bring anyone on to take out igolo conte to but I mean, who? him all up and down the pitch who i see that's someone. the thing I do, bro. Like the thing is, is that like when you look over and you're like, and you're set up to deal with Mason Mount and Kai Havertz running at you, okay, and then Mount goes off and they push Kovacic up, and now you're dealing with Kovacic, who's easily their best midfielder. I I love Kovacic. I'm always yeah, same, Kovacic. same, same, same. I wanted us to sign it anyway. Same. He's a beast. So easily their best midfielder. You're now having to deal with him in your face. Yeah. And once you get past him. 
Then it's N'Golo Conte fucking shit up in the way that only he can. And then you're just looking around going, God damn it, how did I end up here? Which is exactly the way that they made our midfield look, which is exactly why we ended up looking toothless for the last 40 minutes of that match, man. It was ugly. Yeah, it's and it and it's a it's a tweet we got from Dustin Dietz as well. It seems Nuno is getting out coached after the first half. Uh, seems other managers are adjusting to Spurs better than he's adjusting to opponents. And that for me, That's again, your 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 point is taken. Who do you bring on? But something had to be done there. Something had to change. They changed something that you knew was going to impact the midfield in that match in the second half. Spurs changed nothing until oh no, we're down two nil, and what do we do? Well, here's Oliver Skip for you. Um, I mean, and here's Brian Heal for you. We'll try this out. And, you know, I think after the positivity of the first half, you needed to, you needed to kick on, you needed to do more in order to, you know, in order to get it going. But yeah, man, it's, it's never as good as you think it is. And it's never as bad as you think it is. And I feel true. like this is kind of the ebbs and flows of, of Tottenham Hotspur. I think anybody who would sit here and tell you that they had aspirations that this was a league winning side um, was on some very, very, very strong stuff. Right. Uh, I think that anybody who would tell you that we were in relegation form um, is a fucking hater and they probably don't deserve to follow this club anyway. Um, what I would say is that it's most likely somewhere in the middle, which is top six in a trophy. I still feel like that's very attainable for us, even though that trophy might look like a wastebasket in Europe. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing that, you know, there is a, a much lesser side coming, coming on the schedule Christ. next week. Um, Thank God. Back to back London derbies is, is always enjoyable. <laughs> back to back to back palace. Oh yeah, true. There, there is something to talk about in between that though. Um, Spurs play a midweek game this week that we are all too familiar with. It's a way to wolves in the league cup. And I have to be completely and totally honest with you, Todd. I don't give two shits about this game. Um, I do, but I don't like, I, I, I don't want to see us run out a youth team, but if Spurs go out and lose this match on Wednesday, I am not going to shed a tear. Um, it's not that I wouldn't want us to go see them attempt to win a league cup, but it is this team and still, even though, you know, the injuries and the quarantines and the, everything looked a little better today. This team is still from a squad depth position, not in a great place. Um, and I don't want to see us mortgage the Premier League games for a League Cup game. Your thoughts? One of the reasons why Nuno Espirito Santo got this job is because Daniel Levy made it very clear to him that what we give a fuck about here at Hotspur Way is top four. And you're getting top four, and you're getting top four, and you're getting top four. Getting me into the Champions League means you get contract extensions and bonuses and all of the things that managers want. No point in time in that discussion did he say a fucking thing about the League Cup. <laughs> I hope we see all of the kids. I hope um, I can't pronounce the names of the guys playing on the back line. I hope that Dane Scarlett and Harvey White get a fucking run out. Like, let's go. Alfie Devine can play for all I care. I don't give a shit about this match. This year, I don't give a shit about this competition. I'm so sick and tired of being so close because we've been in semifinals and finals of the league cup pretty much every single season 
um, for the last six or seven, right? We've, something we've made like something along those lines. We've made deep runs, if not final runs. There's, there's at least a couple of finals in there that we've lost. Um, and every single time that we get close, you get that feeling, Andrew, of like, oh, we might win one. We might win one. And then everybody's standing around going, yeah, fucking Mickey Mouse Cup, stupid League Cup. Nobody gives a shit about that way. I don't care. Remember we knocked Chelsea out of this competition last year on penalties, Andrew? Yeah. It was, a, it was the Eric Dyer took a dump game. That's right. That was that's, that's exactly what it was. Sergio Reggion was truly bedded into this team and like the, the, the elation on that. I don't give a fuck about the League Cup this year, Andrew. What's what's wild about the League Cup run last year is that everyone made a really big deal. We we played City in the final, if you remember. And um, the, the teams that we the, that Chelsea match that you just mentioned was, I think, the only actual game that we faced in that entire run. <laughs> Like we played, uh, I, I would have to look back at it, but I think we played. Um, it was pretty laughable. It wasn't late in Orient. It was one other, one of the other lower level teams. Um, uh, somebody like a Sheffield. Will, there's like a Sheffield Wednesday or somebody yeah, in there. Or somebody something. will, somebody will tweet me the the, the, the yeah. results of all that. But like it was the the draw that Spurs got. Plus, if you remember, the cup was, I believe, even shortened a little bit. It was um, because of COVID and everything like the And no then the final got pushed back. Right. Two months. Whereas if the final had been played when the final was supposed to be played, we would have won. Maybe. Yeah. The only the only other manager other than uh, in a Champions League final, uh, the only other manager to beat Pep Guardiola in a. Uh, I think the Leighton game was the walkover game where they had COVID and we didn't even have to play the match. Oh yeah, no, they got that was a forfeit match for Leighton. Yeah, and so then, like that, it, was, that was yeah. one of the that was one of the the steps in the League Cup last season. Yeah, but we still bought tickets in another one. Yeah, we still bought tickets to that match because like Harry Kane bought their their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was one of those things. Yeah, listen, man, it, it's just. I want to win an FA Cup. I've never seen us win an FA Cup. I haven't been a Spurs fan since we won the FA Cup. That used to be our cup. That used to be our yeah. fucking trophy. And now it's great. a kid sponsor cup to those asshats down the way. And I just can't tell you how much I want to win one and have the lily white and, and blue streamers uh, off of those handles, man. So if we can kind of focus on that this year, get our shit ironed out, and then make a real strong FA Cup run and finish sixth, I'll be happy. I, I would too. Um, again, if the I don't think all the kids are playing Wednesday, but if they did, it would not break either of our hearts. Um, because as you know, after that, we have, you know, the scum to, to, to look forward to next week. And look, as, as much as we want to say, oh, they're the scum, that game is never fun to watch. It is never easy despite their position. And let's, let's also remember too, that uh, they have won a couple of matches since, you know, the horror start. Um, they are, you know, Granted, they've been against lesser competition, um, but they are three points back of us right now. Um, so can you imagine? Can you imagine the, the horror if it goes wrong next week? Just how quickly that could all turn. I'm not, well, saying, I, I'm, just what, saying. What I, I'm not saying I'm just saying what I love about football, Andrew, is that um, from week to week, especially in this league, it's it's difficult to know exactly what you're going to get. So um, I know that there'll be stuff for us to talk about. I know that you and I will be here to talk about it. And, and that's yeah. pretty exciting in and of itself. It's true. You can follow Todd at TC, TC underscore Kishow. You can follow me at a Stedka. Follow Scott, who uh, couldn't join us today at DSM Spurs. Follow Dakota. at Drink Dakota one for me, Dude. Scott. Indeed. Uh, follow us at Tottenham Depot. Review, rate review on your podcasting app of choice. 
And, uh, you know, like, like Todd said, we will be back with you again to talk Tottenham Hotspur, hopefully better results than a three nil at home to Chelsea, because those, those are the gut punches that we don't like to take. Uh, but we'll take them with you here at the Tottenham Depot as always. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.